Hello. Joe, is this Hi. Joe Nick Petoskey? Sure is. What should I call you, Joe Nick? Joe? Call me Joe Nick, I guess. There's enough Joes in the world. From the Platinum Ranch, Episode 3. I'm your host, Fez Geelan. This is a very special edition of Platinum Ranch. Shout out to Antennas Radio, as always. I love this radio station. Besides Antennas, my favorite radio station is probably KRTS Marfa Public Radio. On that station is my favorite radio show, the Texas Music Hour of Power. On the Texas Music Hour of Power, Joe Nick Petoskey spins Texas deep cuts for two hours, and his personality plus the music makes for a real good time. Last week, I got the chance to speak to Joe Nick Petoskey on the phone. Here's some of that conversation and musical selections by both him and myself of Strictly Texan Music. Please enjoy. From a secret location in an unmarked cave on the wrong side of the Rio Grande, this is Nuevo Border Radio. From coast to coast, border to border, wherever you are, wherever you may be. Akus, 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 Akus. So what is ekis, ekis, or akis? Okay, all that is is it's ekis, 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 ekis. And it's the riff that on the old border radio, uh, and in fact I copped that from, it was uh, uh, Low Super 7. They did Heard It on the X. It was a cover version of ZZ Top's Heard It on the X, which is all about border radio. And on the Low Super 7 version which is uh, the vocals are done by Ruben Ramos, a Tejano artist, El Gato Negro, the black cat, who does a great Billy Gibbons imitation. I mean, he gets them down to a T. But there's a break in there where they use a soundbite from the old border radio, coast to coast and border to border, wherever you are, wherever you may be, this is X-E-R-F. And all radio stations in Mexico begin with an X, just like in the United States, W or K, or in Canada with a C. But in our case, we decided to hijack that X and, and make some up our own call letters, which is X, 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 four X's for when three X's or triple X won't do. And it's just, it's just, it's, it's a goof. And I tried to get the voice, you know, get an ethereal voice, which happens to be my wife, and I had her do the ecky secky. So I just stick it in all the time. And people always ask me, what is that ecky secky? And it's like, well, it's XXXX. And that's our radio call letters. This, this, uh, this station, XXXX, Nuevo Border Radio, has taken over this frequency for the next hour or two. And that's, that's kind of the game I play, is we've taken it over, and then uh, when uh, we ever have to leave and the, we t- return to regular programming, that's when Mr. Tom, who's Tom Michael, the radio station manager at KRTS and Marfa, I pretend that he's banging at the door and he makes me leave and I take my records home and go pat mama, which is a riff I cop from a great DJ uh, and, and and record producer out of Houston named Huey P. Moe. And Huey Moe used to do this radio show that was basically directed at a prison audience. He uh, he was within the uh, the uh, broadcast signal of most of the Texas State Department of Corrections prisons. So he had a huge 
border audience, and he'd always say, I'm going to take my records home and pet mom if y'all don't start calling in. Uh, Huey was inspired by Big Bopper, and I was inspired by Huey. I like the old shout and, uh, and shimmy radio disc jockeys of the past who kind of yell and scream sometimes. But basically what they do is they take you into what radio does best, and that is it's the theater of the mind because you can't see it. You have to imagine. So I'm jacking with your imagination. If you think I'm in an unmarked cave having a party and I push back the furniture and roll back the rug, fine. If you think I'm getting higher than the McDonald Observatory while I'm doing my broadcast, and you may be right, fine. But that's the theater of the mind. So I'm selling things that don't exist. I'm, I'm promising miracles that don't happen. But I'm basically taking you away for two hours on this wild ride through Texas. And I truly, sincerely believe that when it comes to music, and especially the kind of music I like to play, which is you know, it's rocking, it's audacious, it's it's over the top. Texans just do that better. I think it's because we're all uh, just just in for, uh, for better or for worse. We're all crazy from the heat. Hey, you come here. Who me? Yeah, you. But what do you want? Oh, shit. 
purse, so don't get led to a hearse. I'm from the south, I'm out the dirt, so bitch, go fed and get murked. Killers, they watching, they lurk. Hide on the block like I'm turk. Plotting and boxing the purse, so I be high off this earth. You're speaking to me today from my uh, unmarked cave in a secret location on the wrong side of the Rio Grande. But uh, Oh, you're in the unmarked cave right now. I always imagined you were live in Marfa, but I guess not. Well, I do Marfa probably about uh, oh, about three times a year. I'll go and do it live. I love doing radio live. is a lot more fun, spontaneous, uh, and also chaotic potentially. And so I've gotten used to doing uh, production, and I'm not a good producer, but I have a history that goes back to the 1970s with Marfa, and uh, as a town that I've been in and out of, and I've really gotten to see it evolve in, in a, a quite remarkable way from just basically another small town in Texas that dried up and blew away to being uh, re uh, uh, reimagined, I guess, by Donald Judd, uh, a singular, you know, a sculptor, an artist, and a world-class artist who basically made it his studio and his playground. And then after Don passed in 1993, I believe it was, there's been a whole other transition, which has been, first it was uh, people that liked art and a few gallery owners to uh, a whole wave of other artists and now tourists it it's gone from being a place where like i would say when don judd was alive if you saw visitors in marfa more often than not they were from either germany or japan because that's where his art was big and folks in germany and japan don't have landscapes like they do in marfa and they were hip to it Uh, they'd make pilgrimages and then after don died uh there was a big Houston influx, particularly uh, 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 probably the best defense lawyer in the United States if you ever get in trouble. Dick DeGuerin spends time in Marfa now. He has a place in Marfa as well as in Houston. And uh, his friend Tim Crowley, who is a personal injury attorney, uh, both Tim and Dick started buying places there and bought, you know, not just places for themselves, but bought homes and and, uh, uh, and housing, basically, to kind of speculate. 
and they helped uh, raise the value of the town. So many people go to Marfa, and uh, even to this day, and they'll tell me, "Oh, I went to Marfa, but there's nothing to do. I don't know what what you know what's the deal." And that's kind of the point. Marfa is, to me, it's turning into the experimental small town of not just Texas, but America. Marfa is Marfa. Marfa is not like the other small towns nearby. It's very distinct. And I'm proud to say now Marfa is home of the smallest national public radio affiliate radio station in the lower 48 states. So Marfa is just uh, its a teeny tiny place. It should be insignificant, but I, I got to say, it's got views where you can see all the way till tomorrow. Not many places have views where you can see 100 miles, 200 miles unobstructed, and without the air pollution and other, you know, urban uh, impediments. But those are the darkest skies in North America. So there's a lot of extremes to Marfa, including my radio show. It's a special place. I mean, I notice just year by year it changes, though. It's really blowing up. Do you think it's at risk of losing the special Marfa charm? You know, uh, I've, I've been a writer professionally for about 40, 45 years. Uh, spent a lot of that uh, uh, time working for Texas Monthly Magazine. And I have been accused of, of writing too much about far west Texas. You know, my take has always been, look... This is hard to get to. The Big Bend is very isolated. It's 200 miles from the nearest airport with commercial commercial air service. Uh, there are not all the goods and services that most city folks are used to. So my take has always been it's okay to talk about because most people that even will go out there won't get it, which is fine for those of us that do. You're talking about three counties and these three counties are bigger than the state of connecticut and there's all of ten thousand people there total so there's plenty of elbow room so i can keep talking about it but i have seen you know there's there's been crowd issues i mean i feel a bit of guilt i'm one of the people who have recently discovered have fallen in love and trying to you know plant a stake in the ground i'm part of the enemy no 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 i don't think you're part of the enemy the enemy is more like the the developers that want to do suburbs or bring city life into into uh, far west texas or just basically you know it's like uh, kelsey warren the guy that owns lajitas who's a you know he's stupid rich oil guy and he's also big on pipeline. So he, because he can, and because our laws favor oil pipelines over people or over aesthetic beauty, uh, that he's building a pipeline that's running through the Big Ben, which is completely unnecessary and unneeded. But he's doing it because he he can. And excuse my uh, my Texan, but he's a real he, he's one of the asses we've got here in Texas. And we've probably got more than our fair share. But to me, that's the bigger issue: is how do you keep uh, the Big Bend and, and the Trans Pecos and and all of Far West Texas? How do you keep people like him out? Because his idea of of recreation is like he bought this town, uh, Lajitas, which is a tourist town west of Terlingua in Big Bend National Park. It's right at the doorstep of Big Bend Ranch State Park. So, and it's already got a golf course, which is like golf. You shouldn't be playing golf in the desert. Period. And if you're going to play golf in the desert, go to Phoenix, go to Palm Springs. We don't need it there. So, what does he do? He puts in a zip line, and it's like. No, 
no one needs a zip line out there. That's just that's that's just wrong headed, and it's those people are the enemy. But we we can talk about it because you know my my brothers and sisters in, uh, in the Great White North in Canada, and especially in Quebec, uh, should know well enough. It is hard to get. From where y'all are to where I am, I welcome you to come because if you make the effort, I'm going to shake your hand for doing it. But I think it's okay to talk about it amongst y'all. I just I wouldn't be talking about it too much in places like Oklahoma or Arkansas, where those kind of folks I really don't welcome them into Far West Texas because they're not the kind of people we like. We we like uh, Quebecers a lot. And Ontarians, they're okay, too. We're not going to get into Manitoba or Saskatchewan, though. Let's leave that out. What is it about Oklahoma, Arkansas people? Oh, you know, my joke is when people talk about building a wall, uh, you know, all all this, this immigration talk is, to me, it's really outrageous because my history has been the borderlands is very unique, and the Texas side of the border has more in common with the Mexican side of the border than they do with folks way up in the northern United States or southern Mexico. And this common bond has been basically destroyed by comp- uh, by politicians. So my take is if you're going to build a wall in Texas, put it on the Red River and separate Texans from the Oklahomans because Okies are just – if you think Texans are kind of a strange breed, Oklahomans are like they're, – they're off the charts – their Anglo, the Anglo majority in in Oklahoma, takes pride. They call themselves Sooners because they were all supposed to settle that area, and it was supposed to be, you know, in 1889 they were going to make the territory open to people to settle. And Sooners were people that ignored the start of the uh, the opportunity and jumped the line and cheated. So that's what they call Sooners, and that's what their state mascot is: the Sooner. And then, you know, you, you do have probably the greatest concentration of Native Americans uh, in Oklahoma, but they don't run the state, unfortunately. And that's uh, the wrong people are in charge there. And if you think the wrong people are in charge in Texas, Lord Almighty, just uh, go look at Oklahoma. Is she tried to live on the inside?
later in Southern California. of music that's from Texas going back to the 1920s when recording began to the present and mix it all up and still make it sound like Texas. And I am always playing probably a disproportionate amount of what we call Tex-Mex music, Tejano, Conjunto, Onda Chicana, all these different descriptions because that's part of who we are. And I think more so than any other state, Arizona, New Mexico, and California border Mexico as well. But not only is most of the United States-Mexico border in Texas, I think half of it is, over half of it, but it really is our ancestral homeland. Where I am speaking from right now was Mexico before the uh, the battle for independence in 1836. Texas became its own republic and then became one of the United States. The main reason for this breaking away from Mexico was the Anglo settlers who had moved into Texas didn't like the fact that Mexico banned slavery. So this is kind of a dirty secret, and Texans that puff up their chest don't talk about this too much, that the real reason that they broke away from Mexico was not because these dang Mexicans. It was because Mexico banned slavery, and the Anglos in Texas wanted to have slaves. So that's another dirty part of our history that's been kind of sanitized over time. You know, the Anglo population is shrinking in Texas, and Texas already is a minority-majority state. You combine Mexican-Americans and African-Americans and now Asian-Americans, they outnumber Anglo-Americans. And the interesting thing is most of far west Texas and west Texas, the western part of Texas, has been depopulating since 1950. And as it is depopulated and people have moved off to the cities, the majority population there is now Mexican-American. So there are small towns in, in West Texas that would have already dried up and blown away altogether if not for the Mexican-American population there. So Mexico is basically reoccupying Texas and taking it over. I'm waiting for the day when, when the voters reflect that because I think that the Mexican-American population, certainly in West Texas and along the borderlands, you look at elections and they vote blue, very Democratic. 
not Republican red like the suburbs of Texas, which is the, what the majority of people that vote in Texas are right now. So it, it's there's a real interesting tradition and dynamic that Martha and far west Texas really embody to me the values, all the good values and things that are good about Texas. And unlike, say, suburban Houston or suburban Dallas, there's a real screwed-up mentality here. But those of us that, that, that persist in spite of that mentality, you can't knock us out. You can't make us compromise. You know, when, you, when you're around people like that, you tend to speak your mind. And that's one thing I do like about this place. Even though most of the people are not people that I agree with, uh, people speak their mind and let you know how they feel and yet uh, tend to get along or at least make like we get along. And if I don't like what they're saying, instead of saying, no, you're wrong, you're full of it, you can just say, well, bless your heart and just keep the conversation going. play texas music well what's the criteria is that artists born in texas or well you know it's 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 fluid and it's whatever i decide the rules are but generally uh if an artist was is of texas born in texas i'll play him and and you know that means i I, maybe once or twice i might play a barry white or, or sly stone but they're not really of texas you know they were born here and they left pretty quickly if you've just moved to Texas 
and you're making music that sounds like Texas, then you qualify. I'm always looking for indigenous, and, and Texas indigenous music includes rock and roll by virtue of you know, going back to not just Buddy Holly and the Crickets or Bobby Fuller, but going deep to Amos Milburn and Gory Carter and his Hepcats and Big Walter Price out of Houston. They were doing stuff in the in the late forties. Same thing that Jackie Breston and Ike Turner is given credit for the first rock and roll record we're doing over in Mississippi. And this was going on in Houston at the same time. So that qualifies. And so rock and roll Rhythm and blues, uh, blues, because Texas blues is an indigenous form going back to uh, really Blind Lemon Jefferson or Blind Willie Johnson, people like that, all the way up to the the present, because that's one of those sounds that someone like Gary Clark or Jimmy Vaughn is doing in the here and now and doing it in a very contemporary way, but it's tied into that root sound. So rock and roll, rhythm and blues, blues. Country Western. You know, country wouldn't be country without Texans. We're, we're the raw material the Nashville the Nashville assembly line has used to make their hits. And so, okay, rock and roll, rhythm and blues, blues, country, western swing, this jazz fusion country sound that was articulated not just by Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys, but Milton Brown and his musical Brownies, the Tune Wranglers, and Adolf Hoffner from San Antonio, the Modern Mountaineers, Blue Ridge Playboys, a bunch of cats from Houston. Western Swing is an original sound that was invented in Texas and is still being played in Texas by people like Asleep at the Wheel and Alvin Crow. It's never died. It never went away. But the main thing is what I try to stress and it's what I find to be the most compelling quality of great music from Texas is it's authentic. It's real. I like it when it comes straight from the heart, straight from the gut, and especially when uh, the subject matter includes drinking or drugging or things like that because Texans have been singing about that since the 1920s. Go listen to Ding Dong Daddy from Dumas by Bob Wills and his Texas Playboys. That was recorded in the 30s, and they're talking about some guy from Dumas selling morphine. Ding dong daddy from Dumas Bay, y'all to see me do my stuff. While Papa from Polecat holler, I don't want to get rough. You want to know just what we got? Got good rhythm and swing it hot. I'm a ding dong daddy from Dumas Bay, y'all to see me do my stuff. Swing out
Southeast Texas, that's an indigenous sound. Uh, Tex-Mex, well, specifically Conjunto, which is the, the more folk tradition of Texas Mexican music made by Mexican Americans in South Texas. And then there's Tejano, which is a little bit slicker, more of a big band sound. Those are all indigenous forms of Texas music, and I play them all. And I try to make sense of people saying, you know, what are you doing playing hillbillies next to someone singing in Spanish? And I said, well, that's Texas. And it is Texas. So, you know, it's tying together a contemporary artist like Kerry Rodriguez uh, to Selena to Lydia Mendoza, who was a bluebird recording artist in the 1920s, The Lark of the Border. Tiempo 
no tiene nombre Texas's first singing star. Well, she was, or maybe it was Victoria Spivey, the blues singer from Houston. You know, Victoria Spivey is moaning in the 1920s about the dopehead blues. And I am just fascinated by the fact that, you know, musicians were talking about things in their musical language that proper society never did. Just give me one more sniffle. Under the sniffle of that dough Just give me one more sniffle Under the sniffle of that dough I'll catch a cow like a cowboy And throw a bull without a rope Sixties rock is always uh, a trip, and then you know Texas psychedelia. The, the very first psychedelic band ever anywhere 
was not in California or in Haight-Ashbury. It was from Texas, and that's the 13th floor elevators, who proceeded to go to Haight-Ashbury and, and, and help plant the sound there. But the elevators started a sound that is still uh, unraveling. <laughs> We got good visual artists, but music goes back to sitting around the campfire, and we've been doing that since there were people doing rock art uh, over there in southwest Texas in the caves. I mean, since there are people in this state, people have been telling stories around the campfire, and we're still doing that, and I contend that you think about people like Towns Van Zant or, or Calvin Russell or Willie Nelson, our musicians tell stories better than your musicians do. And that ain't no knock. That's just brag, not fact. I mean, you know, it's not brag. It is fact. I was going to ask a question, but maybe you've answered it already. I was going to ask what sort of the unify. I mean, you span all these genres, right, on your show. What's sort of the unifying quality of Texas music? I think that there's a couple things that tie it together. In, in, uh, one is that line from uh, one of my favorite artists of all, Doug Sama, the Sir Douglas Quintet, he did a, a great homesick song called At the Crossroads. And, and there's, the chorus is, you can teach me a lot of lessons, you can bring me a lot of gold, but you just can't live in Texas if you don't have a lot of soul. 
And you can't argue with that. Soul is that elusive quality. Soul, authenticity. And another element that Doug always pushed and that I always am pushing in the show, the music that I play has to have a groove. And if it's got a groove, it makes you move. And and to me, it's always physical first. And if it moves you, then then start listening to whatever they're saying. And if the words are great, fine. But it's got to move you. And our music does that. It always has. I think it goes back to before there was any other kind of entertainment. When uh, Anglo settlers started settling West Texas, certainly up in the Texas panhandle, uh, they had they were so starved for entertainment, they started the... They would get, uh, you know, stringed instruments, get a fiddle, get a guitar, and then build a platform. And they would build basically a little wooden platform so people could dance on it, so they wouldn't kick up dirt and dust. But dance has always been, dance and movement have been kind of the, the those forces that's at the start of the music. And then, you know, if what you're saying has some, some uh, depth to it, I'm all ears. But you got to move me first. And if you don't move me, you don't groove me, it ain't going to happen.
Growing up in the 1960s, there were still the remnants of what we called border radio. There were these radio stations on the Mexican side of the Rio Grande, particularly in Coahuila and in Nuevo Leon, that were we called border blasters. They broadcast not at, I think the limit in the United States of any radio station over the air was 50,000 watts, and that was a clear channel signal. And usually you could hear it, you know, three quarters of the United States if you had a good signal, and it was a good night. But the border blasters in Mexico, they broadcast like at 150, 250,000 watts, completely illegal in the United States, and you could hear their signals, you know, in the Fiji Islands, you could hear them in Europe, and uh, you could even pick it up if you're near the radio station in Mexico, you could pick it up in the fillings of your teeth. And what they did, these stations basically sold block time to hucksters in the United States. So you had preachers, uh, you know, preaching and selling autographed pictures of baby Jesus. You had, uh, you had uh, the Carter family had a radio show from the border for a while on XCG down there in Ciudad Acuna across from Del Rio, Texas. They had a show. Jimmy Rogers had a show for a while. And then you had uh, the wonderful Wolfman Jack, really the greatest DJ in my mind ever, uh, I first heard him when he was on the Border Blasters XCRF, XCG from down there in Del Rio. And you'd hear this guy in a voice like this, and it had a lot of echo. And every once in a while, a wolf would howl, oh, and he'd go like this. And, and then he'd play all this great rhythm and blues. And then he would sell things like baby chickens. Yeah, you know, you 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 get them, you, you grow them up, and you, then you eat them. And he would sell all kinds of business, and the whole thing was not just, it wasn't what he was selling, it was the fact how he sold. I try to kind of capture the border radio spirit, and every once in a while, I'll sell baby chicks. Uh, I always sell salvation through Texas music, so I'm always offering miracles. And like if, you know, if you've had trouble in love and life, or you're you're broke, you need money, or you don't have any friends, I offer salvation. But instead of, you know, offering salvation through some kind of religious BS, I offer salvation. All you have to do is believe in Texas music. And you've already gotten it because I try to set a rhythm to this. And there's some slow spots, some pauses, but I try to make it pretty energetic. And each hour, I do two hours because you can't jam to a state as big as Texas uh, in its music and that spans two time zones, you need two hours to really do an hour radio show. So I try to jam as much as I can into that uh, that two-hour segment while offering you salvation and all kinds of promises and offering you also uh, a community. You know, I've got the best of all worlds as far as I'm concerned. That I'm, I'm goofing around 
I'm playing the music that I really love to play, and I'm sharing it with people, and they seem to like it. And I hope I'm getting a lot of people down the highway because it really is cruising music. And and every show I want people to feel like when it when it wraps up uh, at the end of the second hour that they can go out and spend the rest of their Saturday night and have a good time. That I've jacked them up, and that's kind of that's that's my goal in life is just to make people happy, show them a good time, and get them all jacked up. <laughs> Thanks to Joe Nick Petoskey for coming to Platinum Ranch, talking to me, sharing some music. Thank you for listening. You can listen to Texas Music Hour of Power live on Saturdays, 8 to 10 Eastern Time at marfapublicradio.org or kxwt.org. Each show is also archived on Joe Nick's website, joenickp.com. The Texas Music Hour of Power also has a page on Facebook. That's all for this month's show. Bye-bye now.
later.